Uh, hello and welcome to Into the Multivoice, Big Daddy Gaming's official news and discussion podcast. We have a very small crew today because it is just me and Kevin as we oh. gear up for the last vestiges of us not being in the big E3 uh, the announcement excitement because we are recording this on Friday before all the big conferences happen. So Yeah, well that was fun actually because... I'm doing pretty well, as you're going to say. Um, so it's funny that you mentioned that it's in in between everything because I actually just finished writing an article for our website talking about um, how early is too early to announce something, and I actually had to go back to it to say, "Oh yeah, by the way, I apologize for anything I said about Elden Ring because that totally happened yesterday." So I know my first <laughs> E3 prediction fell. Oh, you poor soul. That's fine. Yeah, I'm that was... happy for all the people who got to finally see it. I mean, I'm I'm pretty happy for Jeff Keighley, who's finally free. Oh my god, yes. Just have to keep dealing with that. Alright, so, but between the two of us, we've still managed to play four games. So that's that is impressive. Uh, so let's start with the smaller ones before we get into the big ones that came out today. Sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> you played something called The Mighty Goose. I have so... never heard of this. Mighty Goose, I, I found it on Twitter, like, probably two weeks ago. And it was just, I mean, it reminds me of Metal Slug, back from the old arcade days of SNK. Mm -hmm. And it's just totally insane, blowing everything up, guns ablazing, crazy action fun. But the hook is that you're a goose inside of a mech suit. And that's, like, so everyone's that's like, amazing. quick Mighty Goose, do the thing! And you're just like, and just... You don't talk to them, you just honk at people, which is... It's like playing Untitled Goose Game with guns, and it's What delightful. I've learned is that in gaming, the goose is the most chaotic animal. And, and in life, geese are terrifying. They are, they're scary. We get Canadian geese in my area every year, and I hate it, Ooh. they're terrifying. No thank you. Hard pass on the Canadian geese. <laughs> <laughs> I might have to give it a look, because I, I have... I'm not big into Metal Slug, but I do have, like, a fondness for it because my dad actually owned a Metal Slug arcade cabinet. Oh, wow. When I was growing That's up. That's awesome. Yeah, my mom's, um, still got it in the basement along with all, like, my dad was into some really weird stuff, so we have, <laughs> um, we have four pinball machines that before he passed away were just sitting in a storage locker. Ugh. And so um, we moved, and then it was like, all right, they all go in the basement. Like, oh, man, there's just, oh, I would love that. That would be so crazy. Yeah, I but then I, I moved out, so I don't have access it. anymore. Well, yeah. But yeah, so it's, if, you, if, you, if you enjoyed playing Metal Slug at all, it's, it's very, very Metal Slug. So, like, you'll okay. pick up a weapon, it's like, machine gun, or shotgun. You're like, I kind of wanted to hear, it's like, rocket launcher. Like, just to get that... <laughs> That old SNK feel to it, but I'm like, it's right, fun. where it's like not quite right, but oh yeah, and that's that's the great thing is it's it's cheap. Um, I actually watched James stream it a couple days ago because he was interested, and so he checked mm -hmm. it out, and um, it was it's short, so he beat it in probably two ish hours. But I mean, as he beat it, it unlocked a whole second. Like play playthrough challenge mode that was kind of cool. So I love when that happens. Fun. Yeah, so I mean for like, gosh, I think it was like fifteen, twenty bucks. It's a way fun little love letter to Metal Slug. Awesome. So definitely worth a try. Uh, well, the little game that I played was very, very valet. You talked about that, yeah. What what was the deal with that? What is it? Okay, so um. I've written the review, but it hasn't gone out yet. So basically, uh, you know, like, Overcooked and games that are like that? Yeah. I am convinced we need, like, an actual genre title, because there are so many games that are like that now, where it's, like, <laughs> chaotic four-person do a task that is generally pretty mundane, but this makes it oh, wacky, you know? I might have seen a little bit of a trailer for this. Keep going. Yeah, it's um that, but valet. <laughs> so you... <laughs> The entire gameplay loop is like someone drives up with the car, you pick up the car from them, you put it in the parking lot, and then when it's time for them to leave, you bring the car back. Pretty oh, simple. Nice. But it's it's really cute, and it has a lot of chaotic energy to it. Um, mm -hmm. 
I did appreciate that it didn't like throw you to the wind. Like when each person you uh, give, when you take each person's car, they tell you, I'm going to be here for only a little while, or I'm going to be here for a long time. So you can strategize where you park. Oh, that's good. I played it with my roommate, and that translated into if the person says they are going to be here only a short while, we immediately pull it into the pickup spot so it just gets picked up automatically. <laughs> <laughs> we gamed the system, but it, um, it, yeah, it rolls out mechanics fairly often, which okay. I didn't really expect it to do because it was like, how much can you do with moving cars around? Yeah. But it like introduced like you can't park in this area and if you do every time like a customer gets pissed enough to leave uh they get mm -hmm. beamed up oh like, uh, <laughs> like an like an alien tractor beam picks them up and takes them away and the same thing happens if you leave a car in the no parking for too long <laughs> it gets beamed up yes which it does car? come back uh, around um... at the end like they comment <laughs> on the fact that like these cars they're just getting picked up by beams what's going on here <laughs> And then the last level, you see what happened to all the cars. Which, oh, that's awesome. Which you don't normally get, like, a huge amount of story in these kind of things, so I thought that was yeah. pretty cute. Um, <laughs> but they they uh, have, like, these areas where you can't park, and then there's things like um, you have to go into an entryway that's got, like, a swirling portal to let you know that, like, this is going to take you somewhere else, and it shoots you up to the top of the uh, parking garage. And then you can just take the car and drive it off the top of the parking garage. <laughs> you don't even have to take it back down. You just drive it off the edge and into the spot. Because That's fabulous. The cars don't get destroyed at all by running into things, which oh. is amazing. <laughs> That's so good. Yeah, it's really funny. And there's, um, there's like four different characters you can choose to play as, and then each one has like seven color palettes or something like that. Mm -hmm. So um, there is one that is just like big bug eyes and like the uh, mouth from the Me Maker, where it's like the bean shape that's like oh, the big yeah. smile with just the teeth in it. Yeah. And at the end of every level, it gives you a highlight reel of like the most chaotic moments, moments of, basically yeah. and that one is just like psychopathic elmo <laughs> <laughs> I, I can give on that right now that's awesome yeah it's it's really it was a good time my roommate and i had a lot of fun with it though there were some levels where we felt like this level is not really functional with just two people it mm, would work would. A lot better if we had a third and obviously it's just the two of us living together we didn't have a third person but yeah. it's just chaos and i had a lot of fun with it i will say that the i think the price is a touch too high i think it's like uh let me double check like 15 20 that's what you would think but it's higher oh gosh it got a physical release so of course it's higher it's, yeah uh it's 25 bucks oh gosh which I, mean, I feel like it's a little too much, considering I want to say there's, like, 24-ish levels. Mm-hmm. So I, I think for a lot of people, it's going to be an easier uh, buy at, like, 20 bucks. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's but rough. if you don't have every single one of those type of games already, it's a good mm -hmm. one to go in on. Nice. Well, that's good to know. I got some friends that I like hanging out and playing dumb, crazy games with, and I think that'd be kind of great. I, I love a good couch co-op as, like, it's having a resurgence after so many consoles were, like, online only. <laughs> yeah. I mean, especially after, like, COVID, you're like, if you're stuck with someone, like, let's just play at home. Yep. Yep. My roommate and I went through all of Super Mario 3D World. And then she managed to steal her Wii from her family, so we've been slowly working our way through new Super Mario Bros. Oh, nice. Which has not been easy for me, because I forgot how slippery Mario controls in that Yeah, world. it really is. Especially the Wii ones. Like, the new ones are they're way slip and slide. Yeah, they, they were really slippery, and the problem is, like, I keep expecting us to kind of just phase through each other, and we don't. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so we keep running into each other and knocking each other off or into other things. Ugh. It has not gone well. 
Yeah, uh, yeah, I feel yeah. So I was at Walmart, and I okay. saw a game that broke Street Date, which you now have because I didn't. Do have that game? That game is Game Builder Garage. Yes. And it is most excellent. But that, I mean, I've spent 40 minutes in it, and I don't feel like it sucks that bad. So, yeah. <laughs> that's, not, that's not fair. Um, it's good. It's uh, It definitely treats me like a baby at the beginning, which part of me wants to be like, ugh, come on, I get this. But part of me is also like, I have no idea what the heck I'm doing. Thank you for treating me like a baby. Amazing. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's pretty straightforward so far. It's really nice. Um, there's good... Like, it's it's just a huge tutorial for the first half of the game. Obviously, but it's yeah. Nice, but it's nice because, like, you start off and it kind of, like, you you have the, the intro character named Bob, this little dot on the screen, and he's like, check out this cool stuff, like, make this character jump, and you, like, do one little thing, and he's like, good, you can make games now. And then another character shows up, it's like, do you have any idea what you're doing? I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing. Let's take you back a couple steps. So... And then before you start every chapter of the game, so there's seven, six or seven games I think it walks you through to make. Mm-hmm. And the uh, each time it does it, it's like, this first game is a game of tag. This will take you about 40 minutes. Like, okay, that's helpful to know, like, if I'm recording this to show friends, like, if I'm just seeing how much time I have. Like, it's just nice that it really is kind with your time and just kind of says, you know, we'll do a little 10-minute lessons. We'll walk you through it. If it sucks... Just step back, it'll be fine. Tons of tutorials, very kind, very nice. For 30 bucks, this is pretty cool. Alright. Yeah, I, I like that Nintendo seems to not shy away from just making these creative tools that are really accessible. Like, I know that Sony has Dreams, is it called? Dreams, yeah. Yeah, but that one always seemed very inaccessible to me, you know? Yeah, I mean, I never actually got to play it, but I don't remember seeing as many people walking through tutorials and stuff. So I don't know how right. kind it was in holding your hand, but this is very much ground level. You, if you can do this, you can do some pretty basic stuff. Here's how you make the jump. Here's how you make the platform to jump on. Yeah. Go. It's pretty nice. And so I'm excited because uh, we talked about this on the on our little internal Discord, our Discord, our, our Slack channel, but my plan with it is to make a fighting game with members of the, of the staff. Amazing. So I'm hoping it's not terribly hard, or if it is, I'm recording the whole thing anyway and posting it online as I do it. So that's very exciting. I'm looking forward to like seeing the process of how well that can be done within this tool that Nintendo has graciously placed in your lap. Mm-hmm. Well, the yeah. last game on our list is I am about three hours into Rift Apart. Way the new cool. Ratchet and Clank game. And so far, it's good. Nice. <laughs> I know that some people have been like worried that it wouldn't be, but at this point I kind of have faith that if nothing else, Insomniac will give me a polished product. Yeah. And, I mean, uh... Go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say, like, at worst-case scenario, you're getting a decent and fun Ratchet & Clank game, which is still, like, 8 out of 10. Like, Yeah. And it's... It, the last one, like, looked like a friggin' Pixar movie already. Oh, yeah. And this one is just even better. Yeah, it's real pretty. I don't really notice frame rates that much. Mm-hmm. So playing on 30 frames per second does not bother me. So yeah. I went into it with 30 frames per second and all the ray tracing and mm-hmm. uh, particle effects that it would give me. It's gorgeous. <laughs> I haven't <laughs> seen too much, but I've seen like three major areas, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. the intro area, the first world that you're put on, and the second world you're put on. And all of them are really visually distinct and absolutely amazing. Like, I almost want to say the first world that it sends you to that is, you know, like, the one they showed in all the trailers that's the been corporate taken over by Dr. Nefarious, who I always want to refer to as Dr. Nefario for some reason. (laughs) Um... 
And it, like, I, I, I got there and I was like, is this cyberpunk? <laughs> <laughs> like, it, same vibes. Same Real, vibes. That's super detailed and ridiculously pretty. Yeah, and they've done a lot of really fun stuff with it. The movement is greatly improved over the last game. Oh, nice. Which, I got to the last game pretty late. Like, I got it after the PlayStation 5 had been announced when it was on sale for 10 bucks. Mm-hmm. About two months before they gave it away for free. <laughs> and <laughs> uh, so I played it then. And it was a good time, but I could feel that, you know, Ratchet's jump was a little heavy, it was a little slow, it's like, okay, this is a game that is clearly going to be more polished in the sequel, but because it is not the best that it could be, it's a little, it's starting to show its age a little bit, you know? Yeah. And as one of the early PlayStation 5 titles, I figure by the end of the generation, this one will probably be showing its age, too, in a lot of ways. Yeah. But at the same time, right now, it feels amazing. They added this dash move that I just... I keep doing it when I don't need to, because it feels nice, too. <laughs> <laughs> like, gameplay... Like, it's a dash move, but it's almost a... Like... It's not as fast as some other dash moves. It's almost like a slow motion dash. Mm-hmm. And like it's visualized by showing like a line of the character moving across the space before they all snap uh-huh. back together, which <laughs> is really pretty looking. But then the way the controller rumbles when I do it just kind of makes me happy. <laughs> oh, nice. Um, they've done some really interesting stuff with the rumble as well. Like I was walking around outside of a club that had that, like, big, you know, bass booming mm-hmm. kind of a thing. And, you know, yeah. like, when you're around, like, that heavy bass and you can kind of feel it in your chest. Um, yeah. It was doing that in my controller. And when I turned the character, it would come on the controller from whatever direction the club was in relation oh, to my okay. character. That's pretty cool. It, it was awesome. So I was like slowly walking in the circle and just feeling it rotate around my <laughs> controller. And then when I went inside, it just didn't stop. It was there constantly, like it was coming from the middle of it. <laughs> That's really it was so cool. cool. It was like, th- this is the future. <laughs> this is the future of gaming. And they've done, um, we all knew they were going to do crazy stuff with the triggers because. It's a shooter. This is their first shooter that they can really show things off with besides Returnal. Mm-hmm. And as a more wacky game, they can do a little more wacky things with it than mm-hmm. as opposed to Returnal, where it was very straightforward and very utilitarian. And so mm-hmm. there's a lot of this stuff where it's like you press it down halfway and it does one thing, and then you press it all the way and it does something else. And that's really <laughs> very satisfying to me. But the my favorite thing is that when you run out of the ammo, the trigger no longer has any resistance to it. That's so really cool! Yeah, so there's like this physical indicator that tells me when I'm not paying attention to the ammo up in the corner oh, of the screen. That's really cool. Like, oh man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now I need a PS5, and I'm never going to get one. And even... Oh, that's so cool. And even beyond that technical stuff they're doing, they've just put a lot of really fun details in. Um, the collectibles that you can pick up actually do things. Like, when you complete a set of, like, this, like, customizable armor, it unlocks a boost. Oh, so, cool. like, you get the full set and such and such enemy does half a percent damage less or something like that, which isn't a lot, but it's still, like, it gives me an incentive to find all of them besides just, oh, look, I can change how my character looks. Um, mm-hmm. And the Golden Bolt collectibles are back, and they actually unlock a variety of like little cheats or little uh, funny things that'll do to the game. My favorite one that I've unlocked so far, which I, I haven't gotten that many of them, but mm-hmm. so far my favorite one is the one that changes the game's currency. Oh? 
normally it's like little bolts and nuts that explode yeah. all over the place, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I can change it to rupees, like Legend of Zelda. What? <laughs> and nice, I can also nice. change it to cans of energy drinks. <laughs> okay, sure. Like I hit a crate and energy drinks explode out and fly to my character. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just very funny to me. It's so far I'm having a very good time. Um that's, that's the fun. story is okay. Like yeah. uh nothing about it has super hooked you quite yet hooked me, yeah. I like the new um, character uh, Rivet. Rivet is mm -hmm. her name. I keep calling her Ratchet in my head. <laughs> um, because it is doing that whole... It's doing that whole, this is the female counterpart from the alternate dimension kind of a thing, which leads me to be thoroughly convinced that it's going to plot twist me that actually, no, she's not that. She's like something else. It's one of those things where I don't expect the story to completely wow me with, like, in-depth plot or anything. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's, like, just a kind of fun, silly game, so it doesn't really need to be that deep, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's Ratchet and Clank. It's not Uncharted, so... Right, right. Yeah. So... It's like me Yeah. Yes, sorry, what were you going to say? I was going to say, it's like me expecting a big, exciting story out of Earthworm Jim. Like, no, I just want to blow stuff up as a crazy person. It'll be great. Yeah, right. So. I am here for fun. That's <laughs> all that matters. Uh, so we can get into the news, I suppose. Um, Fair. First thing I have on the list is that E3 is going super well. <laughs> oh, uh, that website's um, a joy. So a handful of us got uh, media access about a week early, like a bunch of other media people, mm -hmm. uh, kind of applied late <laughs> uh, <laughs> because we weren't sure if we would get accepted. But we got in and like so the madmen cool. we are, we started exploring and the E3 online portal is awful. It's pretty bad. Yeah. Um, for those who don't know... It's clearly been designed with the fact that regular fan folk are going to be getting into it when mm -hmm. E3 proper starts. And as a result of that, it has tried to gamify journalism. Oh my god. There is like a points and quest system, which I feel oh. like an E3 portal doesn't need. Uh, it has the most god-awful character creator ever. <laughs> I've seen some. I've seen some gold so far. Uh, everyone looks like psychopaths. <laughs> I didn't even make one. It's it's probably for the best, right? Um, but the biggest thing is that I am going full Mulan because it refers to everyone with he/him pronouns. <laughs> you cannot be a girl at E three, apparently. Ah, oh, that's that's just beyond impressive that's so so crazy that's a thing that made it through to the end yeah Ugh. um i said this in the group chat that i need to uh squish my titties squish my titties and tuck my hair up under a newsboy cap so i can get in um <laughs> but the i i don't really expect anything great from the same People who just a few years ago doxed every journalist that attended E3. Oh, right. Oh no. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, expectations are already at basement level, and they just keep digging. Yep. Uh, I mean, and they're doing it again. People are getting oh. doxed again. Oh, good. 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 Because it asked you to put in like certain info, like your phone number and stuff like that, uh, without telling you this will be publicly visible to anyone who looks up your profile. And so people have been rushing around and letting other people know, hey, your info's out there, be careful. Oh my gosh. It just feels like this entire website was designed by that meme that's like, hello, fellow children. Hello, like, fellow youths. Yeah, this some 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 guy's just like, we gotta be hip with the cool kids. Like, you do realize this is journalists, right? And the average age is like 30. <laughs> it's like, no, no, we gotta mm -hmm. be hip, we gotta be cool. Like, uh, yeah, like I said, it was. It feels like it was designed for the fan experience because just 
there was no E3 last year, obviously. And the year yeah. before that was, I believe, the first year that they just let anyone who could get their mm-hmm. hands on a ticket come in. And mm-hmm. so they're going with that again, which feels unnecessary. Yeah, I mean, there's no physical event. Right. There, there's no physical event. Um, and there's, uh, like, a lot of, you know, digital booths set up, which is basically within the portal. Here is a web page where everyone's going to have all their promo materials mm-hmm. after their conference. Yeah. <laughs> the best part is that um, there is a forum for people to have discussions. And um, in the first few days of the media section being open, because most of the booths yeah. weren't even in there yet, and people were just screwing around and kind of having a laugh at how it turned out. Uh-huh. Um, in the gaming and health forum, there was a quite a long thread of people just saying gaming to each other. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's right. Gaming, 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 gaming. Yes. And the farther you went down, the more it devolved into poor spellings of gaming. So it'd be like, (laughs) Gamlin. (laughs) (laughs) It's very funny to me that, like, you get a bunch of professionals together and give them nothing to do, and that's what they're going to do. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so everyone's been making fun of E3. No shock. It's... It's all digital streams this year anyway, so... Yeah. Everybody's having a Nintendo Direct. (laughs) Like, it's almost like... Oh, gosh, I felt like with E3 last year, it kind of felt like the actual physical venue wasn't as important anymore because everyone had their own digital versions of whatever they were going to do and people could announce whatever they wanted to, whatever they wanted to. And so I feel like this is the last chance for E3 to be, like, relevant. Like, the actual, like, company behind it, instead of just saying, like, hey, these people are just going to have digital presentations anyway. And so to have this be their first experience trying to do this, you're like, oh, you have no idea what you guys are doing, do you? You just kind of opened up a venue and hoped that people would show up. Oh, no. Yeah, I feel like we're seeing the last gasps of E3, potentially. Because yeah. it's going to depend if they do a physical event next year and if they do a physical event, how many people show up. Yeah. I would not be shocked if it just turns into a fan convention situation, mm-hmm. which I feel like they've already been pushing themselves towards that to try and stay more relevant. Um, yeah. I, I mean, that's probably I, why the general admission was there last year. Yeah, I, I kind of grew up in the convention scene. Not not gaming conventions, obviously, yeah. but my dad was a big horror guy. Oh. And so from the age of, like, 10, I would accompany him to conventions and stuff. Uh, my first convention was a KISS convention. Oh, dang. <laughs> I was, like, 10 years old. My dad had a bunch of KISS stuff that he literally set up a merch table. And I hung out there, and I played my Game Boy Advance. (laughs) (laughs) I got to go with Dad to a convention, and that was very exciting. But I've seen (laughs) what the horror convention scene has been like the past decade or so, and I can see E3 becoming more like that, where it's like, here's a handful of panels, here's a couple of people who are doing signings, here's the vendor hall where everyone has their booth set up, that kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's what's E3 will eventually turn into. Yeah. It's a shame, but now, but because we have the history of E3, we at least have the, this is the week where you do all your big announcements. Yeah, there's always going to be, like, the big weekend when everyone shows up and does a thing. Right. I mean, I joked last year on Twitter um, when Sony did their PlayStation 5 reveal uh, stream Oh, wow, Sony just went and did E3 all by themselves because E3 was cancelled. Yeah. And we've had people slowly pulling out. Who was it that... Was it EA that pulled out several years ago and had a physical conference in a hotel, like, a few blocks away from the E3 event? Yeah, it was EA. You're just like, oh, I mean, I guess people are excited that EA's going to announce anything, but... Yeah, no, that, was, no, no. that was weird. They had their Just Dance montage. That's all they need. No, no. 
that's Ubisoft. And oh, they that's will, right. That's they Ubisoft. Will, My mistake. They will always have that big dance number at the beginning of that's every right. Ubisoft EA forward. brought the full marching band out with the cheerleaders for was, their oh, uh, football game. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah. There are certain things you can count on to see at E3 every year. If Square has a conference, something strange will happen. We don't know what it'll be, but sometimes it's a man in a moon face. <laughs> um, next thing I have, well, speaking of Square, actually, this flows real nicely. Uh, the next thing I have on our list is that Yuji Naka is out of Square. Yeah. He did not renew his contract after Balon. Not not entirely surprising, just because, oi, Cal right. Wonderland, yikes. Right, and it's also not entirely surprising because it was a one-game contract that you're going to reevaluate the situation at the end of the year. Um, mm -hmm. It's not unlike, I have several friends who are teachers, their first year, if they were going to get another year, was dependent on how well the first one went, kind of a yeah. situation. Uh, both of them did not make it past their first year at their first schools. Oof. So well, what, they had the same situation happen to them where their principal was supposed to monitor them and give them feedback all year and didn't and then started giving them feedback a month from the end of the school year and then claimed that ugh. they did not internalize the feedback. Oh, yes. Right. So last week, did, um, did anyone talk about that video where someone went through and like figured out everything about Balan Wonderland, Wonderworld? Oh, the guy who read the book? Yeah. Yeah, we talked about that, that a few weeks ago. That just blows my mind that he's just like, I hope you enjoy the story. It's like, you didn't... Nobody knew that half of the story you had existed. Like, right. how, who None does that? None of it was actually in the game. Yeah. But, like, it is also a very Kingdom Hearts-type story. Yeah. That I could feel that if it had actually been in the game and explained, a lot of people might have gotten kind of into it enough that it might save the gameplay a little bit for them. But who knows? It's just yeah, it's a real odd game. That game will go down in history as one of the biggest what on earth was this kind of things. What happened? Yeah. Which, by the way, you should definitely watch Matt McMuscle's video of what happened on What happened? It's worth it's all great. the time. I'm so glad that he's gone on to find success after two best friends play a fell apart. Yeah. I um, enjoy his work. Mm-hmm. He's great. Um, yeah, Valon is just... It, it's been such a roller coaster because the first trailer happened and everyone was like, I need this. I, I need to play this. Give me more. And yeah. then the demo happened and everyone was like, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was definitely a situation where you realized, like, oh, Yuji Naka and his team make really, really pretty characters. It's a shame they don't play very well. Yeah, like, every character design I've seen from him has been an excellent character design to the point where I'm shocked that we don't just see him, like, them touting him out as he designed characters for this every, like, E3 or something like that. Yeah. Just, just let him let him make pretty characters and let other people who can make better games make better games of him. Right, right. But who knows? Uh, I wish him all the best, though it sounds like he is considering retiring. <laughs> I, I would not be surprised in the least if he was like, yeah, I think that's uh, that's it for me. Goodbye, folks. Though part of me is like, is he going to be the video game equivalent of Hayao Miyazaki where he says he's retiring and then like three years <laughs> later he's like, actually, I had an idea. I'm making another Knights game, suckers! Like, oh, dang it, Yuji, go to bed. Right, I feel like, uh, maybe not. Not not after Balan. I was going to say, I feel like he could have success crowdfunding, but after how Balan turned out, I don't know <laughs> how much people would trust him. I feel like asking, uh, oh, what was his name? I can't remember his name, but the guy who did uh, Mighty Number no. Nine, just like, hey, we yep. can give you money. No, mm -mm, not a one. No, no money for you. No, you burned that bridge. Yep. Uh, next thing I have on our list is it is Pride Month, and Injustice 2's mobile game did a bad <laughs> Pride event. Oh, my gosh, <laughs> a very bad Pride event, and they called wow. it a Pride event too. That's oh. 
for those who don't know what happened, uh, they had, I, I don't play Injustice, but I have read up on what the whole deal is with this. And basically yeah. what it is, is they sometimes have events where it's like you get rewards for how much you beat up a certain character. And for mm -hmm. their pride event, it was how much can you beat up Poison Ivy, a canonically bisexual woman? <laughs> and it's like, how mm. do you not see how poor taste that is? Uh, like, I just, like, you always imagine that guy, like, in a pitch meeting, it's like, hey, guys, I got an idea. It's like, we should do something with Poison Ivy. It's like, oh, make her, like, an unlockable character to play? I have a better idea. No, 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 you don't. It's a terrible I, idea. I believe there is ah. functionality to play as villains in the game. And if so, why not be do an event where it's like, how much damage can you do as Poison Ivy? That's a better choice. That's a much better choice. Unfortunately, right? and I don't how know, bad maybe, can you savagely beat her? I don't know, maybe unlock a rainbow costume if you want, like, to get people's money or something. Yeah. But it's it's just a bad look it, all around, which they've walked it back, thank God. Good. But the wild thing to me is that there are people online trying to justify it with, but she's a villain. Yeah. But don't have <laughs> beat up the bi woman as your pride event. <laughs> uh, why? Why, why, why? Why, why, why? Right? You, you need to look at things in a cultural context. <laughs> Sorry that violence has been done to people a lot because of their sexuality. Maybe we should not do that anymore. <sighs> Impressively tone deaf. Excellent work, WB. Excellent work. I expect nothing less from them. I have never not been disappointed by Warner Brothers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the last WB game I played that I really liked was uh, Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban for the Game Boy Advance. That's, that's a deep cut. <laughs> well, it was a Harry Potter RPG. What more could you want? Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah, and whoa. I am still disappointed that there were not more Harry Potter RPGs after that one. Well, I mean, you got one coming out hopefully soonish with uh, World of Hogwarts. One that I will not give my money to. <laughs> That's fair. Hey, if it helps, she was not part of it. Th so but they no, say. I, I completely So they agree. say. They have to have given her some level of licensing money and stuff like yeah. that. If I play it, I will get it quite a while down the line, and I will get it used. But yeah, I'm if not we're, gonna... if we're sticking with Pride Month, to heck with that game. Yeah, I'm not putting any money in Warner Brothers' pocket for that game at all. Um, yeah. Let's see... Uh, so Ubisoft, who uh, covered up abusers for years, as we all must remember until they clean up their act, uh, they are doing one good thing, just one, in that they're allowing people to work remotely from here on out. Kind of them. As a, as a person who just got told that I'm going to be going back to the office in September, I am, I am happy for those that have the chance to work from home because it has been absolutely delightful. Right. Yeah, for those I, I hope I had a good time. Yeah, I went remote uh, just a bit before the first lockdowns because I am a corporate wage slave, and mm -hmm. I, I actually, before the big rumblings of COVID, I literally went to Florida to visit my grandma, and we left the trip three days early because we thought the airports were going to get shut down or something because Florida oh. spiked really fast, really quick. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got the heck out of there, and, um, when I got back, everyone was remote. Hey! Yeah, so, and I just found out that my job is going to be permanently remote, if I would like. Oh, which is jealous. Really nice, though I am not getting any of my internet bill covered by them, which I need to do my job, because there will be a desk for me in the office should I like to use it. Oh. Which I appreciate that if there's five meetings, I can go in and just yeah, for see sure. them in person. But, say la vie. But yeah. uh, I don't think this will be the only company that we see do this. COVID yeah, will prove that it's possible to work from home and still function. Yeah, for sure. 
I'm excited to hear that because that's a that's a great thing. That's like one of the best things I think that came out of the whole pandemic is people realizing, oh, I can do my job from anywhere. So right, it's right, very which, nice. Which I know has infuriated some people because there are a lot of people who, for whatever reasons, can't make commutes or can't really mm-hmm. leave the house very easily. That have been saying I could do this job from home for years and no one listened to them and now suddenly mm-hmm. all those jobs they said they could do from home they can do from home and it's like well if you just listened yeah I mean especially but, after our whole conversation earlier with accessibility like it's the world the world's a changing yeah which this is good obviously they they've said that not all jobs can be done like this which like yeah obviously the motion capture team needs to be in the motion capture studio yeah yeah. And, like, people who need access to the big, strong computers are probably going to have to at least go in for that. But it's good to know that they are going to allow people a lot more flexibility because I I don't have kids, but I can see a case where it's like, well, the kid has a fever and the kid's probably going to sleep all day, but I can't leave the kid home alone. Do I Mm -hmm. use a sick day or do I work from home? Yeah. And I think that's going to be good for people. Um. But what I really hope for is that this is not an excuse to make people crunch more. Oh, for sure. Because now you could crunch from home. (laughs) Which I mean, mean, Insomniac, this uh, Ratchet and Clank was made with no crunch. I was about to bring that up. It's like people people can just say, "What are you going to do? Send me? I'm I'm already home. Like, sure, I'm locked in." (laughs) What are you going to do? Send me home for the day? Tough beans, I'm already in my bed. Right. Um, so I have hope that this will be good, but I we kind of have to wait and see if the, Ubisoft does a bad with it, because, mm-hmm. you know, I trust Ubisoft about as far as I can throw them, so. Yeah, for real. Um, for the other big company that I mixed up with Ubisoft, EA got big hacked. I have as my as the title for this. Um, did you hear that time? I just I heard a little bit. Uh, what's the whole full story of it? Like a ton of stuff um, got out. Isn't so it? EA got hacked. Duh. Uh, from what it looks like, they stole. Let me pull it up to double check. It was like source code information. Yes, it was source code information. I just want to double check what it was for. So they supposedly are saying. Um, EA is not confirming exactly what was taken, but the people who stole from EA are saying that they got the source code for FIFA 21. Oh, so essentially FIFA 20 and 19. Good. Good for them. Yeah. And the uh, source code for the Frostbite game engine. Oh. Right. Which, like, if if true, that's a big one. Um, Though they are saying that no player information was taken so i guess we can mm-hmm. take that as a good thing though i would be changing all my passwords anyway at this point just to yeah be safe. Oof, that's gonna hurt yeah that's not a good time for them but it's i, I want to know like these these game companies are all tech companies you'd think they'd have a bit stronger security because uh cd project red got hacked this year too yeah and so did capcom yeah. Everybody's getting hacked. Jeez. Well, I mean, it's and almost like... I feel there, like there there's a... Uh, was the Nintendo one a hack, or...? I don't know the, the extent of the one that happened to Nintendo, but I remember it was some, some player information, but it was I feel like it was smaller. Yeah. It, uh, this whole thing reminds me of a, of a saying. It's like, well, why don't you make more sophisticated systems? Like, it can't be that hard. And there was some guy saying the same idea with, like, uh, why don't we make more sophisticated bear traps? It's like, well, the problem is there's a pretty severe overlap between the dumbest people and the smartest bears. Right. So when it comes to, co- like, the, the idea is you probably have an IT team that's like, yo, we need to get this taken care of. And someone in charge is like, ah, that costs too much. Just make it work with what you have. You're like, I don't think you understand. Right. So... And, and and I suspect EA will beef things up, and it's like, well, it's an investment now that our shit got stolen. <laughs> um, we've, we've increased our security. Pay no attention to the heinous crimes that happened to us recently. That's not why we did this. Right, right. 
I mean, if nothing else, at least beef up your security on uh, customer information. That's like the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. But according to the people who stole it, they've sold it for $7 million, which I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever, buddy. Like, someone is knowingly gonna buy source code they know is stolen. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how the whole dark internet situation works. Someone's got right. $7 million to take. I mean, I could hack somebody. <laughs> I mean, no, I wouldn't ever do such a thing. I promise. Never, ever. For legal reasons, this is a joke. <laughs> Please, Karen, um, don't hit me with a metal folding chair. The last thing I have is a small thing, but it's that Fallout 76 is removing the battle royale that they have in Fallout 76. <laughs> I was not aware there was one. They they made a huge deal about it, I want to say two years ago, or maybe, yeah, mm-hmm. it was the last Bethesda event, they're just like, we'll put a daggum battle royale in here! And everyone's like, okay, like, sure, I guess, it's fine. I have played exactly reason- one Fallout game, and it was for only about three hours, so I determined I did not like Fallout pretty quickly, but from what <laughs> did they, I know of did the they mechanics... Explain why they did it? Hmm? Sorry, did they explain why they did it? Um, let me take a look at the article I sourced. Um, it it always seemed to me that like Fallout did not have a good sit- gameplay system that would work well as a battle royale. Hmm. Um, over time, however, we've just seen that the ma- vast majority of players prefer to explore other aspects of the game. <laughs> Nobody wants to play it. Okay, it has also a... become tougher to put full nuclear winter lobbies together without making oh, sacrifices no. on match wait times. Additionally, we found it challenging to provide meaningful updates for nuclear winter while also developing and supporting exciting new content for adventure mode in recent and upcoming updates. That's fabulous. The company like, went we'll on... We're taking because uh, we're, we're, we're just trying to make other things better. It's like, nobody wants to play your terrible game. Yeah, it essentially comes down to nobody was playing it, which that doesn't surprise me. Like I said, yeah. Fallout never struck me as having a shooting system that was good, I guess <laughs> would be the word for... Like, it, it was not conducive to the Battle Royale. Mm-hmm. And so I, I'm not shocked at all that's going away. It was obviously thrown in there just because that's what you put in your games now. Yeah, it was the big seller at the time. If you do a shoot, you put a Battle Royale mode in. (laughs) But that's about all I've got for us this week. Do you have anything else? Uh, No, I mean, they just announced at the the beginning of Summer Games Fest that there's going to be an Xbox demo event, which is kind of cool. It's got Tunic involved, which is very cool. That's Um, awesome. It's a cute little Zelda game about a fox that looks pretty dang awesome. Yeah, that was my big thing. I mean, we'll we'll probably have a bunch to talk about next week after we foam at the mouth at every huge announcement. And we'll oh, just, yeah. You know, I'm all... still waiting on Sony to announce that they've got a state of play coming for sometime this week. I would I'm be hoping... surprised if they didn't. Yeah, I'm, ho- I'm hoping and dreaming because I, I want to see more Kina. I want to see more Deathloop. I am foaming at the mouth for both of those games, and I want more info. Specifically, a release date for Kina. Kina's gorgeous. Yes, because so, it yeah, got I'm, pushed back. I'm not sure if any of the release dates we have are solid anymore. Mm-hmm. I also want a release date for Horizon 2. I mean, who doesn't? I need it. I, I'm just a... I, I want them to tell me that it's coming out this fall, just like Breath of the Wild <laughs> 2. <laughs> I'm... I'm excited for a Smash Brothers reveal that makes everybody mad. Is I just that want not people a to given be... with Smash Bros reveals. <laughs> I just, I just want to see people be like, "Where the heck is my Crash Bandicoot?" You're like, "Haha, you suckers, not coming." Instead, you're getting, well, I don't know, a, a a third Castlevania rep. Whatever, I don't care. Yeah, right. I just my want favorite to see was last time when it like. There was the rumblings that it was going to be a Square Enix character, and everyone convinced in themselves it was going to be Sora, and it turned out to be Sephiroth instead. Sephiroth, it was so good, so good. I lived for this drama. It was a good reveal, though. <laughs> it really that was a was. good reveal. 
I'm proud of them. Watching watching Maximilian Dude lose his mind was some of my highlights of last year. Beautiful work. Yeah, I mean, anytime they release a trailer in which someone kills Mario, like... <laughs> same and thing then, happened with Ripley. <laughs> I was gonna say, it reminds me of a, a line from Phineas and Ferb. It's like, man, if I had a nickel for every time Mario was killed in one of my trailers... Well, I'd have two nickels, but the fact that it happened more than once is pretty impressive. Yeah, right. Uh, which isn't a lot, but it's weird that it happened twice. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, the, um, the, the Smash reveal that I most distinctly remember was when they revealed Joker, and that was before I had even played mm-hmm. um, Persona 5. But, you know, it was it was shiny and flashy, and I was like, ooh, what this? And um, my favorite reaction from that is still Super Butter Buns losing her shit. <laughs> my, uh, probably my biggest one that I remember was um, both the reveal of Mega Man in Smash Bros. for Wii U, mm-hmm. and then the reveal of Banjo because I got paid for it. So. Yes. But yeah, Mega Man was, I was at work, and I just saw a picture, it's like, that's fake. That's 100% fake. There's no way that's real. I drove home during my lunch. I'm like, I have eight minutes left of lunch. I need to get on my computer. They can't keep getting away with this. (laughs) And yet they do. I'm excited to to foam at the mouth for explaining how I feel about whatever character gets shown up in Smash Brothers next week. Right, right. Um, I think if we do not get Breath of the Wild 2 news... Everyone will riot. I'm I'm so excited and prepared for them to say we have every we have information on other Zelda games except for Breath of the Wild 2. We're not quite ready for it yet, and watching the internet just detonate. It'll be hilarious. I just want I want this like don't get me wrong, like I'm very excited for information and news about it, but Mm -hmm. I also just really love watching Nintendo fans get so salty because it wasn't absolutely perfect. It's it's a, it's a small, sick fantasy that I have of just watching people suffer. Yep, yep. Which, like, part of me wants to say, oh, they announced Breath of the Wild too soon. Because mm-hmm. they did that with the first Breath... Uh, not that they announced Breath of the Wild too too soon. Because, mm-hmm. like, they did that with the first Breath of the Wild and just kept getting pushed back and pushed back and pushed back until it was a Switch launch title. Mm-hmm. Um... And I want to say they did that with Breath of the Wild too, but we know that they already have the full world as a base to work from, so it shouldn't be. Well, mm-hmm. one would think that it would not take quite as long, depending on how much new areas they add. But they keep telling us that development is proceeding smoothly, and when you keep telling us that, we keep expecting you to show us something. <laughs> yeah, and it helps because funny you should mention that. I talk about that a lot in this week's Big Daddy Digest, which you should totally read. I will definitely read. All right. Well, that's about about it. You want to drop your Twitter? Well, I, again, am at SMLCaptain, and you can find me for uh, what will soon be a bunch of information about uh, Game Builder Garage and my plans on making a thing with that. Nice. Well, I'm at Mel Curtis, and, of course, the website's Twitter is at BDG underscore UK. Please give us a follow, and please give us all the attention that we clearly deserve. (laughs) Uh, We'll see you guys next time. See ya!